Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we're in Chapter 2, There is a Solution, on page 23. We will be reading and commenting excuse me, on the third paragraph only on page 23, which begins with how true this is few realize and ends with from his lethargy and assert his power of will. Today's readers are Adrian N., Naomi G. B., Loretta H., and Judith S. P. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, August 22nd, 2022, are 19,317 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 19317 and 19,318 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 19318. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Adrian N. to read the OA 12 Steps. This is Adrian N. in Port St. Lucie, Florida. The 12 steps of Over It is Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
Nine, make direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, store through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Adrienne from Florida. I will now ask Naomi GB to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning, everyone. Um, Naomi GB, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ontario, Canada. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you very much for the opportunity to do service. Have a great day. Thank you, Naomi GB from Ontario, Canada. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. The share, press star one to unmute. 
Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we will be reading and commenting on the third paragraph on page 23, how, how true this is few realize through from his lethargy and assert his power of will. I will now ask Loretta H. to go ahead and read that for us. Loretta H., star one to unmute. We don't hear you. Sorry, I thought I was unmuted. Hi, everybody. Thank you, thank you, everyone, for the service, just taking your seat, for saving my life. Loretta H. in North Carolina recovered one day at a time because of my precious God and the work. Okay, so how true this is, do you realize? In a vague way, their families and friends sense that these drinkers are abnormal. But everybody hopefully awaits the day when the sufferer will rose himself from the lethargy and assert his willpower. Wow, that's powerful. Um, I am Loretta H. recovered today, and I am powerless. And then that dash in the second part of uh, first step is hopeless. So, and it says hopefully. So I looked up the word abnormal. So deviating from what is normal or usual, typically in a way that is undesirable or worrisome. That was me in the disease. Then I looked up lethargy, lack of energy and enthusiasm. I have shared this before. Um, I am duly addicted in both areas. I'm anorexic and I'm also a compulsive overeater, but because of singleness's purpose, I definitely am a compulsive overeater. That my life is unmanageable. And uh, once I took that piece, I had no peace. And for me, the power and the willpower came in the starving. But once I took that piece, it was over. I actually, I, I used to sleep a lot after a binge because I binge so massively that, and I have a small brain, that I would actually make myself pass out. Um, in fact, um, I gave up drinking 43 years ago. And my sister went to AA, and I did not. And when she came home from her first AA meeting, I was passed out on the couch, totally oblivious to anything. Every cabinet in my house was open. That's how quickly I switched seats from the Titanic. And so I know that my willpower, especially when it comes to um, eating, is nil, 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 nil. But see, the secret for me is that the anorexia at times is not, and with God's grace and mercy, with God's grace and mercy, with God's grace and mercy, I have not used food 
in many 24 hours because the anorexia has been quelled with the steps, with God, especially with that relationship with God and with you guys that I can call when I'm scared, you know, or when I'm in tears. And today, I, a per, another person in another program says, that today I have two ears. And if I surrender and listen with those two ears, it makes a heart. And then I can actually perform my duties with the heart. And also the other thing I shared last week, and I love it, is when I'm crazy, because it, this says willpower, and that's craziness, I actually, it means not using the steps. So I always have to remember that I am, that's the only thing I know. And then the set-aside prayer comes in, is that I am a compulsive overeater, and my life is hopeless unless I work this program like my hair is on fire. And the only sanity I get is from my relationship with God and, of course, working, doing this work, 10, 11, and 12. And with that, I pass. Thanks, everybody. And you're saving my life today. Thank you, Loretta H. from North Carolina. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. So if you haven't shared on A Vision for You this past Friday or Monday and would like to share on the third paragraph only on page 23 in the big book of AA, how true this is few realize through from his lethargy and assert his power of will, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Melissa C. Melissa C. Terry J. This is Terry from Rochester. Terry J. And then was it Terry again from Rochester? Terry L. Yes. Okay. Terry L. from Rochester. Heidi L. from Toronto, Canada. Heidi L. Tamara C. Is it Tamara C? Yes. Okay. Jocelyn W. Was that Jocelyn W? Okay. I have Melissa C., Terry J., Terry L., Heidi L., Tamara C., and Jocelyn W. Why don't we go with that lineup? Melissa C., go right ahead. Hi. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for your service this morning. As Melissa C., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, I I read this paragraph, and I think, um, you know, that idea about family awaiting the day when, you know, I'd rouse myself and I'd get myself together and do something, or do something, do something. And, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, some people have a family that sits by quietly. Um, at times my family did, but more 
often than not, um, at least it seemed to me, that they would attempt to rouse me, you know, with a lot of frothy emotional appeal. You know, they, um, I remember my mom uh, telling me, you know, in, in one of her frustrations, I guess, trying to reach me, that she didn't know what to do, and she said, she spoke to her friend, um, and her friend said, well, just don't buy her any more clothes, you know, um, because I was outgrowing everything, you know, and I, um, and I remember, like, I was, you know, I was in high school, and that was, like, a horrible thing for me to think that my mother was talking about my weight problem with her friends, you know, um, and it didn't, you know, I, those things didn't rouse me. They actually just got me pissed off um, and, and embarrassed and didn't want to be around, you know, her friend. Um, you know, and then, um, you know, I remember my husband one time taking out old pictures of, of my thinner days, and he kind of spread them out before me, and he said, you were so beautiful there, you know. I, I wish you, you know, something like, I wish you looked like that again. And it didn't rouse me. You know, it hurt, actually. And and then I would attempt to rouse myself, you know, all kinds of attempts to motivate. And normal people get motivated enough to do something. And, and I think my biggest problem with getting motivated and waking up was that I had to wake up to the reality of my mess, like the seriousness of my problem and my weight. I'm like, I couldn't face it. It was so hard. It was easier, you know, it was easier to eat something. It was like, I'll take a bite and deal with it on Monday. I'll take a bite and deal with it on Monday. And, you know, this idea about exerting my willpower, um, at times I can, but it's an unreliable power source to me, you know, and, and it's like here one day and gone the next. And, you know, and yet my family now looks at me, and I'll just wrap up real quick, and only have a few seconds left. They actually, I think they think I actually have willpower now, which is kind of funny. They think that somehow I did something that got me willpower, and yet we know the truth here. Um, um, this is not willpower. This is the presence of a higher power. And um, thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. from New York. Terry J. Good morning. This is Terry J. in Michigan. Grateful to be on the line this morning. Grateful you all are on the line as well. And grateful for abstinence today. Um, as I read, you know, along with this paragraph, um, it, it just sent me back a little bit in the paragraph above, you know, how true this is you realize. And so a little bit above that, you know, it's still talking about the malady and uh, where we're at, you know, and when we are in uh, active addiction and uh, using. Uh, So, you know, and and yeah, and my family was pretty baffled, you know, don't poke the bear. Um, If I'm quiet and hibernation, let me be there. Uh, Today, however, uh, I do see the hope in this process. You know, there is hope. And I am grateful that um, the hope is I can recover, remain recovered, just based on others have done it. 
you know, the mental twist, all the things that I'm learning about, the malady of this disease that I have, uh, knowing that my credits, once again, don't transfer. Uh, because I was, uh, in my belief system, I was only substituting with other drugs for my original drug of choice, which is food. So I'm back at that, and I'm working through this original drug of choice. I, I believe I was born with this uh, malady. Um, everybody hopefully awaits the day when the sufferer will arouse herself, that's for me, from her lethargy and assert her power of will. And, and that power of will for me comes through God, my, the power that's greater than me. I'm learning each and every day to surrender all day, all day. God, your will, not mine, be done. So I'm grateful. I'm going to remain grateful, and thanks for uh, hearing my voice and allowing me to share today. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Terry Day from Michigan. Terry L. Hi, this is Terry from Rochester, Massachusetts. I'm very grateful to be at this meeting. Um, yeah, I was uh, reading this, and I was thinking um, – of my mother, believe it or not, I'm the oldest of um, four children, and uh, we all had uh, this disease in one form or another. And um, you know, I I'm so grateful. My mother, uh, you know, I think about her and how she uh, I don't want to say put up with us, but um, she never really, um, you know, was hurtful or anything or said anything that would, um, you know, make me feel any worse than what I did, you know, and the same with my other, my two sisters and my brother. Um, and I was in really bad shape and I can remember that distinctly. Um, as far as, uh, you know, the other, the other people in my family, they never said anything. They never did. And I think about that. Um, every once in a while. Now I, I feel like I'm setting very good example for all my, for all my family, you know, my uh, extended family too, because I've been doing it for so long. And sometimes they do ask me about it. And uh, my son is, is working uh, a good, strong program because of me, you know, and he's even said it to me, which is, you know, a godsend. Um, but <clears throat> You know, um, and I know that it's not my willpower. That, I think, is uh, a gift from uh, the program, too, because, you know, we have the steps of the program. And that's uh, the very first step. I'm powerless. And I realize that from the deep part of myself, I realize that I am powerless over the food. Uh, and my, And not only the food, but... Just life in in general, you know everything, and so um, I am. I'm so, I'm just so grateful to be a part of this uh, program, to be alive today, and be able to do, you know, my creative abilities, which I didn't even know I had when I was into the sugar, and um, I am recovered, and I want to I want to stay that way. Um, 
what a gift from God. So thank you for letting me share, and I'll leave it at that. Terry from Rochester, Mass. Thanks, Terry L. from Rochester, Mass. Um, before Heidi L. takes her turn, I'm just going to let the latecomers know what we read, which is the third paragraph on page 23 in the AA Big Book, How True This Is, Few Realize Through, From His Lethargy and Assert His Power of Will. Heidi H., go right ahead. Hi there, this is Heidi L. from Toronto, Canada, and um, I really appreciate this meeting, and I had two conversations yesterday where I realized I've been BSing um, many, many people in my life, and especially myself. I just came back from a wonderful vacation um, with my ex-husband and my kids, and we were traveling, and it was beautiful, um, and I told someone who's recently started to work with me as a checklist buddy and I said you know all I felt was gratitude and she said that's not possible and she was right um I I have lots and lots and lots of feelings uh and I and I think sometimes I just hide behind gratitude and I'm really great (laughs) I'm saying grateful again but without this program I don't stand a chance and I've going to be 61 and I feel like yesterday I had two conversations one in which I listened a lot to someone who said well if you're not happy joyous and free chances are you're just not doing enough in the program and then with my checklist buddy who we've recently started and I'm just sort of doing my own thing yet again she said you couldn't find five minutes on your trip, even with the time difference, to give me a call. You couldn't find time to write down the dates of your checklist. Uh, And she's right. And I have all kinds of expectations of other people. Anyways, this program is one day at a time. Um, It's not really easy. It's it's hard for me to get to this meeting when I have to go to work and get my kid out the door. But right now, for the next couple of weeks before school starts, I'm hoping to come to this meeting every day. And thank you. And I'm not, for today, I'm not going to hide behind gratitude. I'm just going to say that uh, I want to work the program today. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi L. I I had L, I don't know why I said H, from Toronto, Canada, and Tamara C. Good morning. This is Tamara C., uh, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater. And I'm calling from Missouri. And when I heard this paragraph read, I just knew that I needed to look at um, where in my life today am I still trying to assert my will. And um, I'm very grateful that um, not with food, not with food, there's no lurking notion that I have any power over food today. I'm very grateful for that. Um, But what's been coming up in my 10th steps and um, going through the steps again, I'm doing my fourth step inventory, and I'm really seeing this pattern of um, I keep coming back to my will, my power uh, in my life. Um, Keep this old idea that 
Tamara, you've got to get it together. You've got to figure this out. You've got to solve this problem. You need to manage your day. You need to plan and think and just assert your will and do better, be a little better. And um, my disease tells me that that's from God. And my recovery tells me that God has a different message for me, a message that, um, Tamara, I've got you, and I'm enough, and you're enough. And um, I'm learning that I can take spiritual action to keep returning to that voice and that freedom. So uh, sharing on this meeting, getting on calls, talking to fellows, um, reading, doing the steps, doing outreach, service for others. And just um, one thing that's really helping me is just really, really trying to lean into my higher power. And I'm like um, just visualizing my higher power's tender care for me and just trying to really practice the new ideas that I'm learning about my higher power and what my higher power thinks and feels and believes about me. And um, just trying to to hear that more and more, to counter the old voice that I need to assert my will and make myself a better person and do enough. So, um, yeah, I'll pass with that. Thanks. Thank you, Tamara C. from Missouri. Jocelyn W. Good morning. My name is Jocelyn from British Columbia, Canada. Long-time listener and first-time star winner. Um, thanks so much for hearing me. Yeah, I'm just, I'm so struck by this paragraph. Um, like that, that first bit, few realize, you know, few realize there I was deep in addiction and I didn't realize what was going on and my family and friends around me didn't realize what was going on, going on. And I remember hearing the hushed tones, my mom saying, oh, she's super smart. She'll figure it out, this and that. And, and meanwhile, I just wanted to go and eat over it because I was just, just so devastated about where I had taken my state of being. And I've lived all along the spectrum of this disease. <clears throat> and when I got deep into overeating, it's like I didn't have the willpower to restrict anymore. And so I was just caught twixt and twixt or twixt or in between or whatever you say, you know, caught, caught in between and just feeling so frustrated and so stuck. And someone mentioned already the frothy emotional appeal, you know, when my mom was trying to say, I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. And it, it just didn't hit. And then finally I read in this beautiful book, frothy emotional appeal. Yes. That is it. That is what was going on for me. And, you know, even even though I am an intelligent woman and even though I know all these things, like my power of will didn't help me, didn't help me choose every morning, you know, oh, today's the day I'm going to do it. And da, 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 da. No, it, it didn't work for me. And I love that word rouse. It's like when I was in the disease sort of you know, every day I would, I would wake up, I would, I would rouse from my sleep and, 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 and say that today was going to be the day that I would, you know, change and have a new, have a new plan and stick to it. And I got this and, and that didn't work. That willpower didn't work. And this book and this program has just completely revolution changed my life. And 
I, uh, wow, you know, to be able to say, you're not the center of it all. And thank goodness that I can, that I can step back and allow the power of God and the power of creator and the, and higher power and all of our higher powers to just, you know, run the show and, and how beautiful and amazing that is. And, um, yeah, I'm glad that I finally did wake up, wake up, wake up to the truth with the step the, with, with these steps and with this book and with the support of my fellows that I finally did rouse into <laughs> to the right dimension instead of the, instead of the dimension that I was stuck in, which, which still is there for me from time to time. And, you know, grateful that I can, um, you know, lean on, lean on these, lean on these, um, principles of this program and and fellows yeah and thank you thank you so much for the opportunity to share bye jocelyn before you mute where in canada are you from i live in golden british columbia canada golden british columbia thank you jocelyn w thank you thank you okay um if you haven't shared on a vision for you this past Friday or Monday and would like to share on the third paragraph only on page 23 in the big book of AA how true this is few realize through from his lethargy and assert his will power of will please press star 1 oh. to mute and state your first name and last name you said God, not Barb W Barb Larry K Elena C Elena S. Elena S. Two more. Lauren Grace D. Lauren Grace D. Nancy W. And Nancy W. Sounds like a plan. We've got Barb W, Larry K, Elena C, Leah S, Lauren Grace B, and Nancy W. Barbara W, go right ahead. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for service. Barb W, Illinois. How true it is in a vague way. That word vague really stood out for me. Um, Indefinite in shape, form, or character, especially the character part for me. I was vague about so many things before program, my intentions of food, certainly of relationships, not sharp, certain or precise. <laughs> I didn't weigh myself. Uh, heavens, I would never weigh my food. And it's and so getting unvague about things. Food chiefly in the outset. Yes. Yes. Because I can't control it. I have no power. The only power is from my higher power, whom I call God. And that power, through the course of working the steps, clearing my body before I can work the steps, that was crazy to me as a, as a prospect. But to get clear on that and precise on that and be held accountable, um, hmm, vagueness. Um, and as as time goes through, and thank you, God, in recovery and recovered, um, 
faith is a proper use of my will. Although I have no willpower, I, I and I don't have won't power either. But um, the proper use of my will is faith in a decision that maybe there is a power greater. And yeah, as much as people around me probably held their breath and hoped that I would hold my mouth closed, um, um, I did too. I was vague and I waited. I waited. Oh, wait. Da, 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 da. Not in doing anything and just thinking things would change, which is pretty magical thinking. That never led to anything but more and more. Um, and rousing from my lethargy and asserting my willpower never. But resting in God's power and building that relationship through the steps and ongoing the lifetime relationship and an eternal relationship, actually. So anyway, no vagueness, no vagueness, definite in shape, form, or character, only with God's power. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Barb W. from Illinois. Larry K. Hi, Rebecca. Good morning. Larry K. recovered from Chicago. Thanks for your service. You know, this, this paragraph tells us a lot. It, um, it tells us that, you know, well, one of the primary things, that, that everybody hopefully awaits the day when the sufferer will rouse himself from his lethargy and assert his power of will. They were, my family was waiting. I, my, my loved ones were waiting for the day that I would show up differently. It wasn't just the food. It was the, the isolation. It was the... It was the, the Jekyll and Hyde type of personality. They were waiting for change. And you know what? I was waiting for a change. I so wanted to change, but I just could not change myself. I couldn't change myself, not in any sustainable way. Our family was waiting for the change. You know, and the odds are good that our, our lack of change wasn't, you know, it wasn't stemming from a shortage of advice. That much I can tell you. It wasn't stemming from a shortage of uh, people who, who, who gave me uh, sometimes compassionate advice, sometimes straightforward advice. You know, but most people like me and other people that are owned and enslaved by this addiction, are, you know, fall into a state of ambivalence. You know, we, we've received all the advice from family and friends and others. And if we could change ourselves, we would have. If I could stop, there's someone on the line this morning, I know because I used to be that person, you know, that they're not sure if they're going to eat today. Oh, dear God, help me not eat today. But they're not sure. And they still want to. And the big book reminds me, our human resources, as marshaled by the will, were, were not sufficient. They failed utterly. In the fourth chapter of 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 this, the big book lays out you know two two long term options we got you know option number one you know if we're suffering from this disease learn to live on a spiritual basis of life that that's option number one and option number two is just be doomed to an alcoholic death there's as far as I know there's no other options than those two and the, in the AA twelve and twelve it, it it also says that um, you know, there was, they said, no such thing as the personal conquest of the compulsion by the unaided will. If I don't have God's help, I, I'm not going to be able to, to, uh, to, to 
uh, overcome this disease. It's just that simple. And no, no matter how much I want to, no matter how much I need to, oh, God, I, I need it so bad. I, wa- I want this so bad. But the steps will somehow give us freedom. They will untether us from this the maddening disease. We will become untethered. We have to trust the process so we'll become untethered. And then our families will see. They'll see a change. Not, not to perfection, but they will see a change unfold. And we will see a change unfold. And we'll build, build upon God's, the spiritual confidence that only comes from God. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay from Chicago. Elena C. Good morning, everyone. May I be heard? Yes, good morning, Elena. Good morning. Uh, so good to be here. Uh, thank you so much, moderator, and thank you all for your comments. So this is a good paragraph for me, and what stood out for me, um, the, um, that in a vague way, their families and friends saying that these drinkers are abnormal, and they're waiting that they're waiting that for us to wake up and just do better, right? Um, and it, and the waiting um, by using our power of will. And you know, I'm reminding, I'm reminded how um, how much we are misunderstood. We addicts were so misunderstood in the world. We were misunderstood back then, but even now, even with all the research that they were they're doing in the on the addiction. Um, it's still such a misunderstanding. A lot of people still say, well, just set up in your mind that you're going to stop this and this, you know, on certain date and do it. And it's not, it, it's not that easy. It's not how this works. It's not how that works for me. You know, I went from diet after diet. And then without a 12-step awakening, I was no... I was not able to to kind of overcome this, overcome my condition. And in a way, it's so sad. In another way, um, it's so good because I no longer care. I don't longer care what the other people are saying about whether I could stop or not by using my willpower. What I care is that I'm here with you, that I have my higher power, and um, even through the scientists, when they treat addiction, you know, they might have some medication, they might have a group, whatever. Um, however, to my knowledge, I do not know any other community that has helped addiction like the big book community. Um, I just don't. And I don't know, I don't think it's as any other is as universal as this big book community that I'm now a member of. So, you know, and it's because what we need, you know, the treatment of addiction is not stopping, is not sobriety, is not abstinence. It is connection. It is through a connection with this higher power. It is through connection with you that I can get better. And I need to be willing to receive that connection and then to give that connection to other people. 
You know, and I spoke with somebody yesterday who said, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sad and I'm not like other Um, people. And I said, okay, um, and I think with that I'll pass things. Elena C., did you want to say where you're from? Oh, yeah, Elena C. from Greer, South Carolina. Thanks, Elena C. from South Carolina. Leah S. Good morning. Thank you so much. Um, My name is Leah S. Thank you, Rebecca. It's good to be on this meeting. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I'm presently upstate in New York. uh, Every paragraph, I always, uh, something comes to me, and it's it's just remarkable. So um, this paragraph is telling me everything about what my family wanted, what those people that are close to me, or even people that I like, they really wanted, or they wanted me to get out of that oblivion state that I always used to put myself into and go into bed and just sleep it off, and then I'll be fine, and then I'll be fine. And what is the power of my will? Really, do I have power of will? This chapter is, there is a solution, and the solution is that God is in charge of everything. And although I cannot understand it and could not, what do you mean God is in charge of everything? I needed to follow these steps. I needed to get into the fellowship. I needed to start talking and talk my doubts and understand it, that when I don't pop that thing, even my reality and my rationale said, what is one pop of one thing into your mouth going to do for you today? But when I did not pop that into my mouth, it was a victory. It was a victory over the power of, 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 of this compulsive eating. Because as I continued understanding that I'm not popping something into my mouth, I'm getting closer and closer to my goal and to my reality. And that eventually led me to understand that God is the one that helped me be able to do that. The first abstinent day was the biggest, probably the biggest abstinent thing that I ever did in my life, ever, ever, even with all the miracles that happened, because it showed me that there is a way, there's a way to do this, and just trust it, trust the process and the journey, and with that I pass. Thank you, Leah S. from Brooklyn, New York. Lauren Grace B. Lauren Grace, are you there? We don't hear you. Sorry, I had been unmuted, but it it went away. Anyway, I'm Lauren Grace B. from New Jersey, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, and so glad to be on this meeting today. Thanks for your service, everyone, and all the great shares. Um, I think for my family, the issue was that they didn't understand 
the allergy of the body, and they don't always believe that food is a serious addiction. Um, from a very young age, even though I was only on the high end of normal, my family encouraged me to diet and be what they thought was the perfect weight. And um, and they wanted me to be normal. You know, they wanted me to um, to eat little, maybe 500 calories a day, and it was wonderful. You know, I got down to what they thought I would weigh. And then they wanted to, me to eat like a normal eater. And, of course, that didn't work once I – got the payoff reward, um, I I just binged and binged and binged and continue, continue to binge for several years. Um, and now I know that I need to do what I need to do for my recovery despite my friends and family, despite what they think about this disease, despite what they know. Um, fortunately, I have, my husband is just so wonderful. I um, One trip we took, I, I filled a whole giant suitcase with food and we lugged it in the car from LA to Denver with seven people in a minivan. He's wonderful, but other people in my family just don't know. And um, serious problems require serious solutions. And, uh, you know, this is a big commitment to work this program, the big book way and reach out to people and sponsor. It's, it's a commitment of time and energy and uh, devotion to my program. Um, weight, my weight's been under control for a long time now. Um, but what's changed is I didn't really understand the idea of surrendering my will to God until recently when I came into visions about uh, six months ago, nine months ago. And now people are starting to notice the spiritual change. Um, God has been in control of my food for a very long time, but now God's in control of my thoughts and my um, my actions, my words, and this is what um, people are noticing this too. So, so that's a beautiful benefit of the program. I'm no longer white knuckle abstinent or stark raving abstinent. I'm uh, living in harmony with uh, God's will and what He wants for me today. And that's all. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Lauren Grace D from New Jersey. Nancy W. Good morning. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. And thank you to everyone who is on the line today for uh, your support. Um, I'm Nancy W. from Ontario, Canada, a recovering um, compulsive overeater. And um, this um, paragraph uh, made me realize uh, just how many years my higher power had been trying to get me to this point in my life. And the word lethargy um, really hit me this morning because truly uh, with my brain fog, I, I thought I was getting Alzheimer's. And it was the sugar. And I thought the fatigue was just me. And this morning, with um, the people that have shared, you have put, uh, given me more pieces of the puzzle to put it together and to see truly what this disease had done to me. And um, just, I'm so grateful for 
my higher power just continuing to love on me and to to be with me. And I'm grateful to every one of you. Thank you for your service. I pass. Thank you, Nancy W. from Ontario, Canada. We have time for one more share. Would someone like it? Irene L.W. Irene L.W., did you say? Yes. I gotcha. Thank you, Irene L.W. Go right ahead. Uh, Thank you for leading us this morning. Irene, we heard you thank us, but then I don't hear you again. Try star one to unmute. Okay, here we go. Am I on? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, Irene from Pennsylvania. Um, Thank you, everyone, for being on the line and for your wonderful shares this morning. Um, As I was reading the paragraph about how those around us are waiting for us to exercise our power of will, I got to thinking about how, like us, before program, before we discover this wonderful way of living, um, they're expecting us to have willpower. That's what they want. They want us to exercise our willpower. And we learn from these many pages in this wonderful book um, that what we're blessed with is not the power of will, but the power of grace. The fact that uh, we've been blessed with this uh, loving higher power who uh, we look to to guide us on our journey. And I I was thinking of the reading yesterday from For Today that talked about the importance of not looking back, but rather on our journey uh, facing forward. And I don't know why, but this resounding uh, phrase kept coming up in my mind, which is, and I learned this from Driver's Ed., Aim high in steering, and it so applies to my program. If I keep my eyes forward and sort of a little above the horizon, I can see a whole lot more than if I have my head down and I'm looking at just the ground. Um, This grace that we are so blessed with is just a wonderful miracle in my life, and All I can say is how grateful I am for it. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Irene L.W. from Pennsylvania. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is... 19,321, that's 19321. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Judith S.P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. 
Thank you, Rebecca. This is Judith S.P. in Maryland, gratefully recovered for this moment in this day, and thank you for everyone for your heartfelt shares. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.